This is the EPLOG audio experience. Welcome to the artist. As Godard said, you don't make a movie, the movie makes you. In our movie-making profession, the workings of Murphy's Law is always at its best. In these candid conversations, we unravel those challenges that define the makers in the movie-making business. Hope these chats will inspire and elevate you to keep fighting for your dreams, but with a mode of reality check on it. I'm your host, Suchita, and this podcast is brought to you by Metaphysical Lab. Enjoy the show. Hi guys, I hope you all are doing well. Uh, well, we have not been able to publish for the last uh, two weeks uh, for a couple of obvious reasons. One being that we were moving from our earlier hosting platform, which was Anchor, to our new hosting platform, which is Epilog Media. So now you can find us on their website as well, which is Epilog Media slash The Artists. And of course, all our earlier links to Google Podcasts, to Spotify, to Apple Podcasts, to Stitcher, Breaker, Overcast, wherever you were listening the episodes on remains the same. And of course, uh, our WhatsApp number remains the same. And of course, a lot of us were distraught and uh, still are about uh, losing not just an actor, not just an artist, but uh, a brilliant mind who could have disrupted a lot of things, not just in films, but entrepreneurship and other areas of our existence. So we are very sure that wherever Sushant is, uh, he's going to continue his journey, perhaps in a parallel universe. Okay guys, before I talk about our guest for today, I want to quickly tell you that I came across this beautiful anecdote about winning and I think everyone should read that or listen to it and I want to make a quick snacky episode about it, about the culture of winning, uh, what does winning mean to you and uh, how do you intend to win in life. So that is coming up soon, so stay tuned and that brings us to our guest for today. Guys, we have with us Svetlana Nodial. Svetlana is Mobi's Director of Content India. She has a decade of diverse experience in film festival operations and programming. Previously, she has been the cinema programmer for Soho House Mumbai, Deputy Director of NFDC's Film Bazaar Goa and Head of Year Round Programming and Events at Mami Mumbai Film Festival. Svetlana has also been a film festival consultant for Zoya Akhtar's Gali Boy and Alankrita Srivastav's Lipstick Under My Burqa and Dolly Kitty or Bochamakta Sitare. She is an ardent observer of film culture. She is particularly passionate about supporting and promoting offbeat Indian art house films. Hi Svetlana, welcome to our podcast The Artist and uh, thank you for taking our time uh, and being part of this podcast and sharing your knowledge and experience with us. Hi Svetlana, thank you for having me over. Just starting off with this very interesting name that Mubi has. So what does it mean? Uh, well, uh, you can think of it as a, a variation of Mubi pronunciation, but that's just me talking. Right. Uh, the name has a long and funny and interesting story which i think would be best if our founder fa chakarel if he whenever he is here next and if he tells that story to the media i think that let's save it for then <laughs> okay it would be a it would be a separate podcast talking about how we got the name movie 
Yes, I think the whole packaging is very interesting. I I just love it, the logo and the way it's projected. So so what defines Mubi, Svetlana? See, uh what defines Mubi is our first and foremost what defines it is our human touch, human creation. Yeah. Uh from day 1 in 2007 uh we built a service that concentrates on highest quality and attention to detail mm. and that it will speak to anyone with a great love for films it's for genuine great love for cinema uh that this platform stands for and of course you know you follow film culture you have been a part of a varied mediums of uh, uh film screenings you've been part of nfdc film bazaar you've been part of mami and now you're curating for mubi which is uh, an online streaming platform what and how would you define the film culture for me personally you know uh i understand it as something that is uh film Uh, mm-hmm. the medium in itself mm-hmm. the storytelling and the expression that comes out of it and then the society and the world at large everything the the craft the industry uh, the institutions that make it happen the audience that watches it the audience that supports it film festivals everything uh, uh in with along with the uh, everything together for me is film culture i find it personally i find it difficult to see films outside of uh, the socio political or socio economic context of the world mm-hmm. and uh, for me that is also a part of film culture that you know where is the world going the society at large and the world at large going in terms of its political trends or social injustice so film culture is is like a is like a giant uh, sort of you know mix of these things and which are all interacting with each other while being individual forces in themselves so 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 uh, do you see any trend when it comes to film culture film culture 5 years back film culture now and film culture that's going to happen post covid to be very honest i mean i'm mm. it's not like you know i study business specifically mm, mm, mm. i mean everything l- luckily i've been in work positions which allow me to be an observer of things sure and therefore um, i can only speak from my personal opinion and you know how i've, I've seen things change and grow mm. and uh, so i mean 5 years ago to be honest for like we all know streaming wasn't big yes uh the industry in terms of the mainstream indian film industry was pretty much doing the same what it would be doing unless like until covid happened say last year mm. and uh, you know their successes and the stories and everything it was pretty much every year there would be some new stories in that medium in that space and you know blockbusters and 100 crores and 300 crores films and all those things yes within within the independent and the art house film space hmm. it was a slightly different story because the films uh, say the 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 similar kinds of films when they come out now hmm. uh, in the last um, 2 years at least i would say uh, they have an easy direct access to if not theatrical then at least you know uh, an ott platform release hmm as uh, we are seeing right now yes. and uh, right now it's because of covid because but in last year 
uh right now it's because of covid it has the same ott uh, streaming has reached the mainstream industry but if we look at last two years ott has been a great platform for a lot of independent and uh, uh, alternative voices of uh, indian cinema landscape going further from here post covid of course uh, the theatrical releases will get affected that's like the most obvious thing mm-hmm. um but at the same time i really believe that we in india are, we love the collective film viewing experience you know mm-hmm. uh we i don't see that changing uh or maybe it's just the utopian ideas in my head i really don't see that changing that people i don't think maybe there will be some phase of you know sort of uh, a lag phase in the beginning mm-hmm. but uh, i feel people will go back to the cinemas because uh, it's so ingrained in us we love it mm. uh, that would of course only for the mainstream i don't think that will uh, that going back to the cinemas will happen so much for the alternative voices because yes. it's not like in the last few years Because uh, even when certain some films release theatrically, they don't see much success on a large scale. You know, they do see if it's a regional film, it will probably see success within its region. For in- instance, you know, uh, Village Rock Stars was very successful mm-hmm. across the board, and especially mm-hmm. successful in Assam. So um, I I feel that sort of uh, that sort of uh, will continue. So they say that the data says on the internet that you know there's 300 hours of YouTube videos that get uploaded per minute, and of course there's much more when it comes to mediums like TikTok. Uh, you know, so yeah. there are seven, five billion videos getting watched daily on YouTube, and much more on TikTok. Yeah. So everybody is a, a hero. You know, everybody is an artist, and everybody is yeah. you know, popular in their community space and perhaps beyond. Does that define film culture? See, that defines uh, the time we live in and uh, consumption pattern. That defines, in a certain way, the sociological. Uh, uh, changes mm-hmm. in a upcoming generation or there's certain defi- it defines the younger generation or the people using it in a certain way sure of how they're connecting to a medium so i would say even that is a part of a film culture but at the same time mm. uh it's only a part in the sense of you know where are the sensibilities taking people mm. a lot of tiktok videos are spoofs of film dialogues or film scenes so it's not like uh it's like film is inspiring this hmm. you know i mean are they feeding off each other i mean do do you think that you know like you know the the younger the 15 something the 20 something gen, you know uh, generation that are feeding off these videos are they going to connect to films in the same way uh that you know a 30 something would see personally i feel that would always be the case that has always been the case hmm. uh my parents connected to film differently and i connect to film differently and you know uh the mediums they uh, had access to were different the mediums i had access to different the medium mm. uh so at the same time i feel i personally feel that this would uh, this does not affect viewing pattern okay. but uh, because at the end of the day it's also a, a subjective 
scenario mm-hmm. of you know the the films the, the 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 stories that you want to watch and the stories that you want to tell mm-hmm. uh youtube and tiktok i feel are very uh, performance oriented and you know they are entertainment in a certain way they are things that people would probably Snacks. see while mm-hmm. uh, see yeah. while commuting mm-hmm. or you know mm-hmm. when they're just waiting for someone and there's nothing to do and you're killing your time uh watching that but uh, and the same uh so in terms of consumption i only see it as that much sure but uh, as the as a tool to communicate obviously these platforms have immense potential and i would not be surprised i mean i don't know if what I, what at the end of the day it's storytelling tomorrow for all we know some uh some you know young 15 year old might make a tiktok movie which <laughs> be uh uh you know which would be a something path breaking in its own uh unfamiliar way i was going to say strange but not strange only yeah. because people like us who are older yeah. are not with the medium but for all you know it would be not the kind of thing that we call gimmick and they call fun you know it would be something very impactful and moving in its own short format and uh, i i don't think there is anything that is not possible hmm sure so the immense possibility uh, so tell me tell me you've been a consultant to uh, you know a lot of films uh, specifically like gully boys to film festivals and now you're part of um, an online streaming platform curating for them so do you see any difference when it comes to curating and finding content uh, for a film festival versus for um a platform like movie do you see any taste in that con- uh, change in the taste of the content luckily uh, so just to uh, differentiate between the what i did mm. Uh, mm. for the films as uh, movies of course programming and you know uh, finding and curating and mm. picking content for a platform mm. uh, for uh, gully boy lipstick under my burqa mm. and uh, dolly kitty or wo chamakte sitare mm. uh, i was consulting uh, the filmmakers on submission to various film festivals gully boy i got on board after berlinale so hmm. i had nothing to do with the film getting into berlin sure. uh, um, but uh, it's because of my experience in the industry it's just that i know how to navigate this space of you know submitting and applying to film festivals and which festival would be uh, more suitable for a certain film so when one does that when i'm this on this side of the things hmm. i try to keep in mind i have i try to have a very real assessment assessment of where the film stands i try to be as honest as possible to the makers to the director and the producer that you know hmm. it's a great film and this is what it's about and i feel these are the festivals where you know give, keeping in mind the programming history of that festival hmm. and the kind of tonality that festival has because every festival has a personality yes and uh, keeping in mind the personality of that these festivals these are the festivals that your film i feel would be best suited for so this is our best shot let's let's focus on these as our best shot festivals and send our film to them and then there are these which is a larger pool which may or may not it could be a fluke mm-hmm. and uh, let's try for these in a second lot 
So uh, that's how you. So because I work in this space, um, I think it's just like some an understanding that you build over the years naturally. It's not something I thought about it before, but just when I did this for the first time for lipstick under my burka, and I met Alankrita, it just came naturally. That, oh yeah, you know your film would probably be suited for this, and uh, or when we were reaching out and trying to find a sales agent for the film, then I could uh, because of. having worked at film bazaar had a bit of an understanding of you know what kind of catalogs different sales agents have what kinds of films they are interested in so who would be like an ideal candidate you know uh, yeah. to pitch uh, the film to so just that knowledge sort of saves uh, your time and energy and you're not like completely shooting in the dark yes so and uh, once a film once a film travels then a lot of doors anyways open up you know once yeah. it has a premiere somewhere then a lot of film festivals are reaching out to you in turn and you know yeah so uh, then then just you've set the ball rolling yes uh but when you're on this side of the table and you're uh selecting films for, for the platform it's uh, it's it's from a it it come it has two components one is that completely what your platform stands for hmm. and secondly what would be interesting to bring to the audience you know you can not uh, my personal taste extremely personal taste of what i watch at home could be something very very different from what i present to the audience sure so uh, uh when i'm when i'm programming for the platform i try to keep in mind the the general mood or you know uh, uh balance between the kind of films that are coming uh, that we put up every day because as you know mobi has a film of the day which stays for 30 days so you know a, a sort of balance between the kind of stories that uh follow each other every day um and of course uh because we are a very curated platform yes uh the ultimate uh, thing is the film itself you know it has to be a great film it has to be a story a relevant uh, story that we feel should be out there and should reach the audience yes so absolutely so uh, so tell me svetlana it's does the world when we talk about you know indian films for example uh getting into a certain uh festival or sending your film to a certain festival or showing your film to uh on an ott platform like mobi do you see the world looks at indian cinema in a certain way and uh, and it wants uh, certain characteristics that's already being embedded into their mind uh, to have in the films um see i feel there are a couple of worlds out there you mm-hmm. know as far as indians so when we look at our own country in itself mm-hmm. uh, we have so many languages so many regional flourishing regional film industries mm-hmm. uh with their own set of mainstream and independent cinema mm-hmm. uh and then there is the one big one which is uh, hindi language industry which is mm-hmm. which has a Uh, which has a huge history of mainstream cinema that has traveled widely and uh, a lot of times if a lot of times uh, globally for we are defined by that mainstream industry and mm. you know the kind of films they've made and that's what 
that's the just by virtue of volume of how many people watch it and how much they are promoted the, those are the people those are the films that are like an ordinary person in you know uh, us or in a very ordinary person in uk would identify us with that kind of cinema only mm. because you know that has reached them Mm-hmm. but at the same time when i said that there are different like there are multiple worlds out there there is also a very solid world of uh cinephiles what we call film mm-hmm. lovers you know mm-hmm. uh, academics who know who who have who have awareness of all uh, the other kinds of the alternative voices in uh indian film industry there are uh, and i'm not talking about festival programmers mm. i'm talking about regular film lovers people who love watching cinema there there are people out in the world not as many as the ones who know about bollywood yeah. but uh, but people who do know about even an amit datta right yes yes people who are aware of bollywood mm. or indian mainstream industry they uh, you know they look at indian cinema through that lens but if we just speak about uh, uh, festivals or cinephile community i think they perceive indian films uh, uh, they they know the distinction between the mainstream indian industry and the uh, every thing other than the mainstream the alternative voices in the uh, couple of earlier episodes i was uh, and otherwise as well when i talked to other yeah. filmmakers yeah. and um, there is this, this is a, there is this urge to fit in uh, into a festival so they're like you know you know i want my film to fit in into cannes or i want my film to fit in into a berlin you know all the big top festivals so you know you know as a curator yourself you know do you feel that filmmakers uh, maybe specifically in india are trying to hard to fit into a certain mold of the festival and uh, you know and in the process they're actually losing their individuality of creating something what they could have possibly created but they get limited by these notions that you know uh, notions which are true or not i don't know you know because i've got different perspective on it that you know a cans film should be in, uh, told in a certain way with a certain language or a sundance film should be told in a certain way so do you think uh, uh, you know uh, these notions of filmmakers is correct from where they work is right see um, just as a generic sense keeping festival aside the notion hmm. of uh, personally i believe the notion of making a film hmm. should just be about the story you want to tell yes. uh, there should be no other notion associated and just to be able to tell that story in the most uh, in the truest way possible in the most honest way the notion should be staying true to your own self and your own voice and very more importantly just staying absolutely respectful humble and true to the uh, you know the story you're talking about the people you're talking about mm. so that's all i mean and to think i mean if, is there something like a berlin film something like a can film or you know venice film mm. uh to some level it's true mm-hmm. because you know like i said earlier mm-hmm. every festival has a personality mm-hmm. uh locarno has a certain kind of personality berlin has a certain kind of personality every festival has its own 
politics at some level yes. in the sense of you know yes. uh, what they stand for mm, mm. or what kind of uh, narratives they support or not not specifically you know nobody can put a finger to it but if you observe the kinds of films that have premiered at the festival over the years or if you observe the kind of political statement they make in a very uh, you know tangential way sometimes through their programming mm. uh, you will get to see where the festival uh, what is a, a suitable film for that festival but having said that you cannot make your film keeping in mind the whole history of films that have premiered at that festival thinking that you will make a film for that festival because uh, then you'd end up making a me too of yeah. you know like a copy of whatever has happened where, whereas uh the festival is actually even within its notion of its you know even within that uh, personality of its uh, uh, of the festival is looking for new voices is looking for new narratives and new stories and uh you know uh, new directions that cinema is taking i came across this um uh, f- uh article in indivice feed and uh, bong joon ho uh, the parasite yeah. director Uh, and it was a very popular article where he said that twenty filmmakers to watch out for. Yeah. And I went through that list, and you know there was of course a lot of filmmakers that I personally like. Atlantis was there, uh, Mighty DOP's film. So I mean, a lot of lot of uh, lot of directors were there whose work I really admire. But actually, there was no Indian director there. So I was just wondering that you know why hasn't he named? Not that he has to, you know. So do you feel that? somewhere uh indian cinema lags when it comes to you know uh reaching out to uh more people or making the presence felt in uh you know to 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 a lot of people um do you think that you know european cinema or american cinema you know take precedence over a lot of other cinemas uh, or maybe korean cinema i don't know I have I saw the article and I saw the list I have seen uh, the works of some of the filmmakers mm-hmm. there I have not seen the works of some other filmmakers mm. the ones I have seen I know they're amazing mm. and you know uh, they're like they I not that I I need to validate yes <laughs> his <laughs> list but, yeah. but in my opinion oh wow yeah yeah that I I was also like that oh yeah, yeah. that person should be on the list yeah, yeah. great yeah. and oh he also likes the same filmmaker hmm. uh, that's that but ha- without having seen everyone I can't hmm. say that hmm. uh, you know why th- uh, there should be oh xyz indian filmmaker hmm. should also be a fit for that list yeah yeah it's personal choice and maybe yeah. you know, these, are the, these are the films and filmmakers that he's what touched by what you have traveling to festivals or yes. whichever way hmm. and uh, you know just fair enough uh, hmm. i know that there are there is a there are japanese chinese there's a filmmaker from guatemala there who i only discovered because of his list and i'm now curious to hmm. uh, watch uh, his work hmm. um i would say that yes uh, at one level to the second part of your question that do these countries uh, does the cinema from uh, these countries get more attention or you know do they do uh, anything specific to promote mm-hmm. see i'm not uh, really not sure mm-hmm. about uh, uh, if there is a fund in china or a fund in japan and korea mm-hmm. that is totally des- des- set aside uh for promotion of you know uh cinema from that country mm. uh, 
if there is then probably that helps mm-hmm. we do have something like that in india now mm-hmm. how much uh, uh, how much uh, of it has is you know filmmakers are able to avail that uh, with how, what ease i i don't really don't know about that mm-hmm. um there was something that uh, i remember we were doing when i was at nfdc mm-hmm. uh, there was every year there is an india pavilion and the luckily i mean it was just my luck that i was working at nfdc at the time when nfdc had the responsibility of uh, handling the india pavilion at different film festivals and markets mm-hmm. it, the major film festivals and markets so like toronto american film market and mm-hmm. uh, can of course and berlin and, and i got to uh, got to be a part of these markets as a representative of india pavilion and uh, it i can say that that we were doing a lot of work at least you know from our end as much as possible to promote independent filmmakers and you know the best films that were out that year uh, it would be a, a creatives and right you know the the physical setup it would be on the walls and everything and you know from small things like that to just being mm. out there and talking about the films mm. um, that was discontinued and then uh, i mean the activities continued to happen but with other government organizations mm-hmm. uh, so i guess you know if there is a, a what i'm trying to say is that say if only nfdc or only one organization uh, any one organization was doing this consistently mm-hmm. uh, over a period of time mm-hmm. that helps you know uh, that helps put the word out there i think uh, we are such a uh socio economically i feel we are a country where we would we do need state support and we will need a lot of state state support for promotion of uh, indian voices and indian mm-hmm. cinema mm-hmm. and you know uh, that that would really change uh, of how uh the alternative cinema the news about every alternative voice travels outside of this country mm-hmm. if there was more state support to to put it out there sure 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 and uh, what about movie originals i'm waiting for it we have started uh, producing mm-hmm. and uh, you know uh, we have our uh, a, spe- a a co- colleague of ours uh, specifically bobby allen he's our svp production he mm. looks after specifically at production so we mm. are we are already producing we made uh, uh this film port authority uh which is by daniel lesowitz and it was uh, at can in 2019 mm-hmm. uh, last year we made a film called uh, farewell amor which premiered at sundance this year mm-hmm. uh in like jan this year and of course now all this has happened so the release and other plans around that film um and then we are also uh, we also have a film called our men by rachel lang which are uh, and we are now planning our next steps there are some projects there are a lot of you know we're reviewing treatments and there are project these are the projects in development mm-hmm. the projects in development so uh, that of course the movie production activity is already happening mm-hmm. um and uh, we we'll, we are just taking those steps and let's see how it grows and goes sure the movie india production is not started yet but uh not yet but mm-hmm. you know we've just launched 
launched and we are also setting up our feet here hmm. uh as of now the first thing uh, the primary focus first focus would be to become stronger and stable as a platform that presents indian films yes. and indian voices yes and uh, once once we are settled in that role uh, of course i mean there are so many amazing indian filmmakers and stories and uh out there which which one gets to see because of the submissions we receive for the platform but so it would be great to be able to support some but that that is going to take some time thank you so much vitlana thank you So guys what do you think about the episode tell us uh, you know where to find us write to us on whatsapp connect with me on linkedin connect with me on our twitter handle which is metaphysical lab and epilog media you can write to me on my email address which is metaphysical lab and also the email address given on the epilog media's website so how's your week been going uh, are you guys going out and mingling with people talking to them just like our uh, novak djokovic uh, do tell me about that as well and i finally got to see bean pole mm, i've been hearing so much about it it's directed by this russian director called kantemir balagov it won in cannes 2019 in uncertain regard and just the way it's been thought and just the way it's been structured and just the way it's been conceived and and just the way the dimensions have been added to the characters and just the time and space that's been created between the characters their performances the greens that are thrown at us i mean just that love which must not be defined just that